Welcome back to the Winter Falcon reaction show from the Racial Draft Podcast Network. We are joined by, I am your host, Michael Ford, and we are joined by Gordy from the White Delegation. Gordy, who is Mephisto this week? Uh, I think it is the Chancellor of Latvia. I mean, Latvia. Latvia. <laughs> the Latvian Chancellor. Incorrect. The actual Mephisto this week is Carrie Morgenthau. <laughs> nice. Sharon, Sharon Carter's unnamed black friend. <laughs> exactly. Yes. She opened the door for her and she was like, your soul is in the inside. But um, yeah, we might as well jump right into it. Is Sharon Carter the power broker? You know, I, I mean, here's one of the things that drives me nuts. We're both comic nerds. We read every an insane amount of comics. We're the people that other people ask us, you know, oh, hey, what's going to happen? I mean, we both, I am positive you've gotten that way too many times in your life. I like that, that Mar the MCU loves to mess with what people think is going to happen and give us things like, Sharon Carter might actually be evil. Uh, the scrolls aren't are are not evil. Things like that. Right. So I I think Sharon Carter being on the wrong side of the law and Baron Zemo possibly being a discernible, uh, easily not easily but a a intelligently thought out villain. Uh, is something that I am all here for. Oh, listen, we'll get, into, like... we'll get into Zemo in a minute, but I, I, I want to know is where, where are you on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you're absolutely sure that she's the power broker, one being get the fuck out of here. Um, like where, where are you on the scale of Sharon Carter being a power broker? I want to go six, I think. Ah. I'm, leaning, I'm leaning that way. That that it's just too simple for her to actually have been working with the remnants of Shield or whatever we're so you know whatever whatever we all think is going to happen or whatever whatever uh, uh, wonderful Sharon Carter is a happy person story needs to be told. I mean, clearly she did not get blipped, so she's been uh, she's been out on her own right. for six years. Yeah, well, seven, I guess you know because because they yeah. said basically two years on the run. And then, um, and then the five years, and, and then the blip, and, and right, and then six months after that. So maybe even closer to eight years. Right. But, um, so we, this is not, this is not the same sh uh, shield stealing, kissing my aunt's uh, uh, boyfriend that we in met a, in winter. School. In another timeline, I am an adherent to the. That is a different timeline. He did not watch Sharon Carter grow up. You creeps. <laughs> but um. I hear that. I mean, personally, I think like so. I had to, I had to rewatch it, and in order for Sharon to be the power broker, in order for that to make sense, Zemo would need to be in on it. Um, because one of the things that I noticed is that beef, be um, Sharon Carter does not meaningfully make contact with that um doctor. Doctor, do you remember his name? I'll look it up. Sable, Sable, yeah. Uh, right. So, <laughs> Doctor Nagel. He didn't live. Doctor Nagel. He didn't live, he didn't live so, long enough for me to commit him to memory. 
Well, here's what I did, you know, so I needed to remember his name for the podcast and, and I still had to look it up. But um, so he's he's actually the guy from Truth, Red, White and Black in the comics. He's the main doctor in that in that uh, in that storyline. But uh, Dr. Nagel has like a moment before he gets shot. So Zemo kills him, kills him just as he kind of notices Sharon Carter. But we don't know whether that was the look of, oh, my God, that's the power broker or whether that's the look of some, you know, something else. But what we do know is that Zemo shoots him immediately before he can say anything or do anything, which in order f like to, f to me for that to work, Zemo would need to know that Sharon's the power broker and be working with her. Um, right, because the, the idea that Zemo is killing him just because he wants to stop the creation of more super soldiers because people shouldn't have that kind of power. Like, that doesn't make sense. I'm sure the dude wrote stuff down. I mean, it, it sort of makes sense because he looked like he was itching to shoot him the whole time. Um, but <laughs> That's true. But, but also Sharon's reaction was like, what did you do? That wasn't the reaction of, like, someone who just killed, like, 15 people right before, right? It was either the reaction right. of... I'm the power broker and you just killed my meal ticket or the power broker is going to fucking kill me because I got his guy killed. Like, I think I'm leaning more towards the latter. I'm leaning more towards that. She's been working with the power broker. Um, and she was trying to kind of get them, um, kind of subvert them because they can, they're trying to, they're there. And in the moment they're still, their their interests are aligned with that of the power broker. They're looking for Morgenthau as well. Um, they're looking for Carly Morgenthau as well. So to the extent that she can uh, work with them, get the lead on Morgenthau, and then pass that information along to the power broker, that's still um, within the confines of her serving both both sides. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean he's a spy or a former spy. That's what you do. You, you try, try to find a way to curry favor with as many people as possible while not, you know, outright burning them. Yeah. And I mean, it, it would, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm in on the heel Sharon Carter. Like I just don't, I, but I, I just like more, dickish. I like dickish Sharon Carter more than I like evil Sharon Carter. Yeah. And that's where I, that's where I was going to go. Like it's going to be more aligned with the comic, uh, with the, with, with the post uh, secret empire Sharon Carter who who is is uh, ruthless but still working for the good people to get things done is probably where we're going. But but I'm holding out hope. I like this. I always like the Marvel subverts what we think is going to happen and gives us something out of left field. Oh, for sure, for sure. And and that's the thing. I mean, if we still get her like based out, actually, you know, it'd be kind of cool if. If she takes down, like if they take down the power broker, and it ends with her being the new power broker, you know, like the yeah, final, I mean, get... like the final shot is her like sitting in the power broker's chair and being like, "Yes, now I control the, you know, everything in Madripoor." Yeah, it sets her up to be the villain of the I the armor uh, armor, armor war series, possibly. Oh no, but you see, I, I'm. You know, I guess I'm thinking of her less as a villain and more as just an entity who can – a tweener, if you will. You know, someone who can align with whatever they need uh, for, for the situation of the plot 
you know, if they need her to be friend and allies, they need her to like have some terse exchanges where she, you know, reads people the riot act. She can do that too, you know, but never sort of outright malevolent. I think it's something in her. I, like I think it's something in her face where she just doesn't have an evil face. Like you know, she has like a like she looks like pissed off, but not you know, not just evil. But we'll see. Don't let don't don't let the allure of white women think, <laughs> make you think that she's. I'm, 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 Listen, I'm, believe I'm, you me, I have seen many evil white women in my day. This is this was. <laughs> I'm still having I'm still having issues with Wanda taking over a town and nobody really caring, uh, and no one really doing anything about it, and her getting away with with kidnapping people for uh Gordy, however long we Gordy, she time. cried, she cried. Right, right. You know, right. white women tears they yes. absolve all of that. And I and you know uh, I'm sure she sent via notes. I'm sure she sent an apology, screenshot on her uh, social you know, media. Sure, yeah. I'm sure when she reconstructed all their homes, she put like an eat, pray, live sign in all of them that made everything okay. Well, she's, like, realize I, that... she's like, I'm learning. I am growing. I am doing the work. Yeah, for those people kidnapped, this was just part of the journey. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was part of the journey. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, no. I, I, I'm looking forward to an actual evil woman in the Marvel universe that isn't uh, uh, Hela and an overly vamped up Asgardian. Mm, you might have to wait a little longer. I mean, well, actually, let's let's talk about it. So last week, I thought that um, Carrie, of course, sorry, Carly Morgenthau was very sympathetic, and I was almost i wasn't 100% team Flag Smashers, you know, because their rhetoric was a little bit uh, suspect. But I was at least I was at least fifty fifty on the flag smashers. I was like, let's hear them out. Let's hear them out. Let's hear what they're all about. But you know, today they uh, they bombed a a place a place with uh, not you know civilians. Well, not true civilians, but you know civilians in the sense of they were har uh, harmless and they were restrained and they their lives could have been spared. Um, what did you think of What do you think of Carly uh, murdering a bunch of people? via bombing you know i think i think we're supposed to i you know i, I i'm with it if it, it, it made it feel like i made the analogy to uh to the dark knight rises that like wait a minute why wasn't i rooting for bane back then because i definitely <laughs> should have been um that you know in the way the world is they're stealing medication this wasn't they're stealing vaccines you know it was it, it wasn't anything that felt nefarious right but i think now we're getting into those shades of gray like we talk about well remember this one like this that. time they were only stealing supplies you know but the question becomes like they didn't have to kill those people now granted we understand that she had that that deal with whoever her like maternal figure dying um be, maybe they could have made it a little clearer that that there was life-saving medication that that could have saved her life um but for the fact that they got to her a day later got to them a day later um may, that would would have of course it still wouldn't completely justify her killing those people but at least it would it would explain that turn because it did feel like a leap um up until this point we we, we thought of them more as kind of like anarchists 
and less as full-born uh, full terror terrorists. But this this put them over the line into terrorism. Yeah, and I mean that that small justification that they were sitting on those supplies for six months don't quite doesn't quite line up with well time to murder everybody. Exactly. So I, yeah, I, I mean I get it, but I still I still think now see I feel the opposite. I feel the same way you do about Sharon that uh, uh, that I do about her, uh, Carly. That I'm like nah she. That's not the face of someone that's evil. That face is too adorable. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Work. That's the thing. I, I, last week, I was right there with you. Last week, I was right there with the, uh, she's so adorable. Let's keep Flag Smasher around. You know, but now she's she's killed a bunch of innocent people. She even she didn't even let her friend in on the deal. And, you know, that's the other thing. You know, like whenever there's a, whenever there's a, a, a little bit of a schism between the main bad guy and their right hand person you know your your antenna have to go up about uh oh you know is is he marked for death is he gonna have to have to get killed at some point so that to, to, to or, truly complete the heel turn or is he gonna be starscream and just be annoying and want to take over the whole time and uh. no one ever kills him <laughs> he seemed uh, like no, a decent I, uh... dude he's yeah, right, and he seems, he seems like the more reasonable voice, but I definitely don't think that our little uh, acute flag smasher, Carly, I do not believe she is living through this television show. There is... You that, see, that before face, this episode, before this episode, I totally would have put money on the fact that she's coming back. Uh, maybe she's going to be hanging out with Sharon Carter and Madripoor, you know, but yeah, you, you, you pay a price for killing a bunch of, of law enforcement agents. Although we all forget that Zemo, everybody's favorite uh, dance man, we all forget that Zemo killed uh, a bunch of innocent people, including T'Chaka. So let's uh, talk a little bit about Zemo. Um, I mean, if, if, that Bla if Black Panther movie promised anything, T'Chaka wasn't exactly innocent. That is there true. Is definitely, there, there is blood on his claws. There is blood on right. his claws, yes. However, right. he was an adorable old man, and he got bombed for no good reason by Zemo, who didn't even have a beef with him. True, true. He was he was circumstantial to Zemo's ultimate plot. How? But I would what I would also say is that uh, T'Challa had the opportunity to exact bloody revenge on. On Zemo, and he chose not to. He chose to turn him into the authorities, and he can't be that. Well, I mean, assuming that T'Challa, sorry, assuming that T'Challa is alive in this world, um, he can't be so angry that Zemo is walking around alive and well. Like he might be upset that Zemo is is walking around free, but you know, he had to know that leaving him alive meant that there was a possibility that he might be free one day. Right. And I mean, yeah, exactly. It, it, it's not like that's when, I mean, the, the, when uh, IO shows up, like mm -hmm. there's no way that she's just there to murder him because that could have been done like long ago. Uh, and exactly. T'Challa was, was the one who stopped it. So I, 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 it's going to be deeper than, it's going to be deeper than that. 
Right. Um, but I do believe that the Wakandan contingent, whomever it's going to be, uh-huh. uh, is not happy with, you know, Bucky and, and Falcon having madcap adventures with Dancing Baron Zemo. Oh, yes. Yes. Dancing Baron, um, definitely, like, he is living way too large for a guy who's spent seven years in prison. Like, did he just have his, like, I'm just going to call him Sokovian Alfred. Did he just have Sokovia and Alfred on standby, like waiting I, for his phone call? I was under the impression that that Sokovia and Alfred was living on that plane. <laughs> like I, that was what I thought. I was like, oh, okay. So he's a, the butler has been living on the plane just waiting <laughs> for this, and is also and is also a pilot. So like. <laughs> I mean, he's if he's got if he's got a shotgun sitting there to protect uh, the Zemo cave, then <laughs> then this is all lining this is all lining up because I'm already getting very Bruce Wayne vibes from yes. our from our Baron Zemo. All all he needed to say was, "My superpower is I'm rich," <laughs> and like I last week I made the case that he should be the Batman of the Thunderbolts. And I had no idea that it was going to be this on point. Um, <laughs> that, that that is going to be the, the archetype? Yeah. I mean, he showed up in a, in a garage full of, of cars. Um, all he needs now is like an insignia, like a Z, you know, like a Z logo. But he, I guess he hates superheroes, so he w- wouldn't do and that. Some, <laughs> yeah, and some, tra- and some tragically dead parents. I mean, we've got... I mean, you got tragically dead children so he's got like the punisher he's got the punisher origin with the batman with the batman setup true true you know? i uh, you know in, in 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 being batman he even had the i thought the snarkiest best line of the whole show thus far when uh when he asked if anybody if any of the avengers uh came to sokovia's <laughs> aid after after the spader bot destruction uh, and and yeah, I thought I thought that was fantastic. That's what I know. That was my first inkling that like, wait a minute, Zemo might not be the the bad bad guy that that we are meant to believe he is. I think. Oh, he I might mean, turn I'll into- take it. I'll take it a couple steps further. First of all, Zemo is woke. You know what I mean? Like I didn't. I like. You know, this is a far cry from Nazi Zemo from the comics. Zemo's talking it's about. Well, there was that. No, no, there was there was the Marvin Gaye line, you know, the Marvin Gaye line about how like everyone should be a fan of Marvin Gaye. His music is outstanding and perfect and composed and encompasses the black experience. Like, like the the response from Sam when that happened was perfect. He was like, I don't feel comfortable agreeing with you, and you shouldn't say this, white man. But yes, (laughs) yeah, yeah. And all, then, and then, of course, the, the pimp line. Yeah, the 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 only an American would see a fashion forward black man and think that he looks like a pimp. You know, I'm here for woke Zemo. Woke Zemo, keep doing it, keep doing your thing. Which before we before we progress more about woke Zemo, who like in the next episode should totally be macking on that black woman who opened the door for Sharon Carter. Um, we got to talk about. We got to talk about Smiling Tiger. Nice. 
I expect I expect Woke Zebo to be calling Io uh, a Nubian queen. Oh yeah, yeah. That. There we go. He can mac on Io. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way that there's no way that he doesn't say some wildly inappropriate yet works for a woke white guy line. I'm pretty good at those. <laughs> I understand. I understand how those work. So uh, I, there's no way. There's no way that 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 uh, gets out of this. That we get out of this next episode without that happening. Fair enough. But, we gotta talk. We, we gotta. We gotta backtrack though, because we gotta talk about Smiling Tiger. I did not know that Smiling Tiger was another character from the comics with the same name. Um, yeah, me, that, that 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 one sent me to the that one sent me to the old Google machine. Conrad like, Mack. Yeah, no idea. Not black None in the whatsoever. comics though. Not black in the comics. Um, oh, look but, at that race bending. It's yeah. on. It's on brand. It is on brand for the racial draft. We did it again. But he is in the Thunderbolts. There is a Smiling Tiger in the Thunderbolts. I demand we get Smiling Tiger in the MCU Thunderbolts. And I demand that all is out. I demand he he have maximum drip. Like I mean, he's going to have to really, really look like Anthony Mackie, like that picture, or else it's going to feel really racist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just is Here's the thing. It felt racist all the way up until the point that Anthony Mackie said, I mean, I do kind of look like the dude. Because he didn't. Right. He didn't look like the dude. Yeah. I didn't didn't want to say it because I'm like, that's not one of those moments where uh, my white brain should be thinking anything. And the one part that took me me out of the episode was that the black bartender who had ostensibly met uh, uh, Smiling Tiger – like if it was a white bartender, I'd have been all right with it. But the black bartender <laughs> should have totally been like, "Nah, B, nah." I I met you, bro. Nah. Like I've been in your presence. <laughs> this is you're not the dude that likes these weird snake ovary drinks or whatever the hell that thing was. Uh, yeah, I I said same thing. I was like, "That's this this is weird. This is very weird." Yeah. And so here's the thing. I didn't ask you about what you thought about the episode overall. I, I love the episode. But I got to say, for a show that's called Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Sam got dropped several notches in the meter of people that we were here to see this week. You know, like he was total sidekick status. Yeah, and like – See for me, it's 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 Bucky. I'm I'm sorry, man. You don't like Marvin Gaye? No, <laughs> no. You cut your hair. You look like a jacked up Boy Scout, and in the wrong kind of way. I, no, I mean, no. Is, the weird thing is that Bucky gives me like, even though he looks young, like he gives me grumpy old man vibes. You know, like he definitely yes. gives me get off my lawn vibes, and I. That part I like. Like I like I rewatched the exchange where he's like, I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm just, you know, it's, it's fine. Marvin Gaye's fine, <laughs> which is totally a thing that a person who doesn't get Marvin Gaye would say. You know, yeah. like, yeah. He's like, he's he, like I'm a fan were, of '40s if, music. If he were, if he were to be a little bit, you know, older, he would say, I just, I just can't relate to it. That's all. It just doesn't speak to me. Exactly. Uh, I was, I was not the intended audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see. I, I, in my head, like this. It, it, it's been hard for because this is uh, 
this is the first I've been on with, with, uh, for the post show, but, uh, it's been hard for me to reconcile each episode because much unlike WandaVision, this feels like a movie. This feels like a movie that's broken into six parts. Okay. So this just feels like the section of the movie where we get into a little bit more of Bucky than we do Mm -hmm. Sam. And and the first episode was Sam. So here's the thing. Have you watched the episodes back to back yet? Not yet. No, I, I was thinking about waiting until the end and then trying to digest it as a whole movie yeah. so that yeah, I can I'm thinking, see more of it. Because people have been saying that, but I haven't been seeing it. I've been seeing it as basically like mini movies that oh, maybe over the course of six episodes might feel like an extended movie. But, you know, it doesn't – structurally, it still feels like it's part of um, – like the episodes still stand on their own and – they they have the, the, the like the action sequence either in the beginning or in the end you know they have the character beats but they're still kind of building out the story but maybe you're right maybe maybe if i watched it like back to back to back it would feel like part of a concise whole but i mean i, I like i said the first like the first episode definitely felt more like table setting um the second episode gets the two people together and now we're like off in our adventure um, the thing about Bucky though, is that I like, I, I, well, I, I dislike bike. I dislike Bucky in the way that I think we're supposed to dislike him. You know, like I said, he seems like a yeah. grumpy old dude. Like he's finding himself and who himself is, is a 106 year old man who is a little bit uncomfortable with how the world has changed, which is kind of like the jokes that we used to make about Steve Rogers um, you know, what he really would have been like if he came out of the ice in the modern day, you know? Yeah, good old Cap's Cap's inside thoughts. Yeah, like, I mean, like, Bucky's not going to be, like, full-on racist, you know, but he's definitely uncomfortable with the the way that society has moved forward since the 1940s. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I've seen, I'm seeing it more with, with, with Bucky. I, He's just, it's been hard. It's been hard to relate to the character because it doesn't seem as earnest as Steve, but I, we're getting, I mean, we're getting there. I think that we're going to have another big action scene yeah. and we're clearly going to have something where Sam or Bucky will be saving Baron Zemo uh, to solidify their, their, their throuple here uh, <laughs> on their, their ongoing relationship. So, I mean, I, I, I think we'll be seeing that. And, and, and I got to admit, I like to me, Baron Zemo was 100% the star of this episode. Oh, no, this was this is what I'm going to remember as the Zemo episode uh, when I yeah. come back to this years later. Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and it was there. And years later, when we see that gif, the gif of him, gif, gif, we will uh, appease both sides of the eternal <laughs> struggle. Uh, when we see that that of him dancing, and and it's brought up in numerous threads, fifteen years later that aren't even talking about this, we'll remember this moment from the Zemo yeah. episode. Like I'll take it a step further. When when the Thunderbolts are in an MCU movie that grosses a billion dollars, we're going to remember that this is the kickoff point for the Thunderbolts, like in earnest, because he can Daniel Bruhl. Like, I didn't see it before. Like, I, I think he's a really good actor, but I didn't see the charisma before. Like, I can totally see him 
anchoring a movie. Yeah. Uh, you know what I, what I wonder about his performance and the one that I, I, I want to see him and Wanda, because I'm just going to go back to Wanda. I want to see them in a room and have them figure out this accent. <laughs> oh yeah. They're both from the same country. Yeah. Because it's all over the place. I mean, it's getting, it's getting Mira randomly being English in the Zack Snyder fever dream movie <laughs> accent level here, because I, I just don't, I, I just, they're, they're so wildly different. Yeah. And at least, at least Demos has been consistent. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. he's I'm from, curious. he's from the German side of Sokovia and he's he's from, from the American side of Sokovia. He's from the upper and not the lower, or or whatever it was in Madripoor. The, oh yeah, low town and high town. The, yeah, low, low town and high town. That's what it was. Yeah, um, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that there was one scene that I thought was like super deep, and I'll 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 say it as the black person on the show, um, that that like you know I don't know if you caught it when when Zemo was I pretending didn't. when Zemo was pretending to sell the Winter Soldier um as you know to i forgot her name selby was that her name yeah um yeah like it totally looked like a slave trade you know and and i really needed them to spend like just one second longer on sam's face as he watched uh zemo traffic uh fake winter soldier to selby because the way he like touched him and he was like he will do whatever you say you know it was like the auction starts at noon. <laughs> yeah. He is yeah, quite the it, specimen. It, it, it felt like that, but in, in, in a way, I, I like, you know, as we, we are on different sides of this, uh, as a white guy, I was like, I was like, is Sam enjoying this? I'll <laughs> get it now. Like, I, I don't know. But well, that's why I needed. Know. That's why I needed another second of the camera on Sam's face to figure out whether Sam was like, "That's what it looks like, and that's what it feels like," you know, or whether he was like, "Damn, look at me," you know, just standing by and letting white people trade each other like property. You know? <laughs> Sam has Sam, Sam didn't make up his mind in that that quick of a moment. <laughs> that all of that felt a little weird to me too, like. Did so the Avengers, the exploits are everywhere. Everybody knows who Sam is. Mm-hmm. Apparently they don't know him. Apparently they don't know him if they've ever met the smiling tiger guy. But uh, but then no one knows that Bucky got pardoned and is no longer a dead a, a mind wipe slave. So so here's how I understood it. Here's how I understood it. Like the 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 thing about the the trigger words was was Zemo's thing. Right? So Right, right. As he tried in the in the open. Yeah. Well no I'm no but I'm saying he also did it. Like it's a it's a thing that everyone would know about that Zemo was able to like control the Winter Soldier. So even if even if the Winter Soldier like was out there, like even if it was known, oh yeah, you know, Bucky Barnes was the Winter Soldier, he was mind controlled. And like there were these words to control them. Like the, it's not. I don't think it's common knowledge what those words were, right? So right. it would be easy. Yeah, would... It would be easy for Zemo to come back and say, "Oh yeah, you thought that the Winter Soldier had been reformed, but I got out. I immediately called him up, told him the words, 
and now I've got him on my side, and now like he's my slave, you know. Now like, I'm back on my king shit. Exactly, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, that makes that makes sense. Um, and and as far as like uh, Falcon is concerned, look, like I said before, I the black people, I I I put that on. You guys should be able to recognize winners. I mean, you should be able to recognize Sam Wilson, but like, you know. I'm sure that there are random black people all over the, the world who are like, hey, are you Sam Wilson? You kind of you kind of resemble, you know, like if you're yeah. not in the Falcon suit, like you're just a black dude. Yeah, I mean, that's what the uh, I believe that is what the bank scene from earlier <laughs> was. Uh, was yeah. trying to tell us. Yeah, I mean, if you put the speedster from the boys into a Falcon suit, people would be like, that's Sam Wilson. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I was I was a little disappointed for Sam because he, he still hasn't shown any, like, super awesome uh, moments when he's not in the Falcon suit. Uh, I do, actually, yeah, you know what? Point. Really good point. Really, really good uh like, do you have a sister? I do not. Uh, neither do I. I have a brother. Um, that scene where she calls him and he gets put on on speakerphone. Um, how did he think that was going to go down? You know, I, I was wondering that, too. I mean, I guess he couldn't really say no. Um, I mean, I also, I also, but it seemed like he extended the conversation much longer than it needed to go. Right. Like you didn't just get in and out and let it go. I mean, it, it also brings up like these people have been by smiling tiger. I'll live in the world that we all, that us white people can't tell anyone apart, but I know what somebody sounds like. Like yeah. once they heard Sam's voice, they should be like, uh, well, here's no? a, I mean, so, I mean, so what I noticed is that in the scene with the bartender, he really didn't say a lot, you know? Right. And, and based on like the, based on the conversation with Selby, it seemed like Selby had never met the smiling tiger, you know, like she was like, I heard you were taller, you know, or sorry, I heard you like, no, no. I think she, I think she said you're taller than I thought, you know, which suggests yeah, something, that, yeah, something yeah, along that line. Right. Which suggested we that she didn't know him personally, you know, but so. Yeah. Which. So he could have played it off, but what I was trying to figure out is that the minute you know that is your that your sister's on the line, like shouldn't you be saying? Shouldn't you be thinking to yourself, "All right, I gotta say like as little as possible, either A, so she plays along, or B, so that she gets off the phone." Yeah, I mean, he tried to, you know, I'm laundering all this money here. Like he's, it made him seem sort of dumb. Well, <laughs> he. Like you could have got, you could have ended the conversation, be like, "We'll deal with that shit when I get back." Right, exactly. Shit, like, right. He could have yeah. like been. <clears throat> he could like like so. I'm I'm not a international uh, criminal mastermind, you know. So like, if my mother calls me on speakerphone and I have to like play it off, I'm gonna say some like baller shit, right? And then I'm immediately gonna hang up the phone. Because what yeah. I don't want is for my mother to be like, Michael, what are you doing? Yeah. You're a good yeah, kid. Exactly. <laughs> like, he, he stayed I on mean, the line. I mean, do, do, do they know what Smiling Tiger's real name is? I mean, yeah, they probably do. 
Like he could have just right. said he could have totally played it off though because he could have said, "Look, these are that's one of my hoes. You know, she knows me as Sam. Like, you know, where you going? Gotta go right back to the pimp thing. You American, look, you American. You say what you have to say in order to <laughs> in order to clean it up. If your if your life is on the line, you come up with the lie that you need to come up with, and misogyny is right there for you. You know, I mean, look, it's e- it's easy. It's the easiest route most of the time. But uh, but yeah, I, that was that was a weird scene. And I, this week, this week we sort of had a lot of Sam's. Yeah, fumble. it was a big. It was a lot of L's for Sam. It was a rough. It was a rough. Yeah, week. he had more shits than wins. He said shit a lot in this episode, and. If, if, which is a good enough transition to uh, fake Captain America and his potty mouth. Did yeah, you know Steve Rogers would not approve. Steve Rogers would not approve of A, the fact that he said bullshit multiple times, uh, the fact that he tortured, well, not tortured, but, you know, roughed up a civilian. You know, he's not, he's, he's more a cop in America than Captain America, as far as I'm concerned. You know, uh, he's, He's definitely not living up to the the legacy of the shield. Yeah, I mean we're we're definitely not gonna get, and I don't think that we're supposed to feel any sympathy here either, because he just seems like a dick. Yeah, like he doesn't seem like a dick who is uh, much like Sharon our our, our Sharon Carter. Uh, mm-hmm. He does not seem like somebody who's a dick for a greater cause. Seems like yeah. a dick just to be a dick. Yeah, it didn't seem earned. The dickishness. I mean, we know that at the end of the last episode, he was being a little bit of a dick, but the, the, the ramp up in dickishness from the end of the last episode to the beginning of this episode felt, I won't say it felt unearned from a narrative sense, but it felt unearned from a, if you are trying to be sympathetic to um, John Walker perspective, like he immediately went to, oh yeah, yeah, fuck that guy, you know? Like he yeah. got spit in his face, and we were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, spit in his face." <laughs> you deserve that, sir. <laughs> he even did. He even yeah. dropped a. Do you know who I am? Yeah. If anyone, whenever that line is uttered by anyone in anything, I'm like, "Well, that that person is the dick." Doesn't <laughs> right. matter. Like that's no one ever says that and winds up being a good person. Yeah, but he does it, it while dressed as Captain America. Which is kind of like, like how, like you lose all the points of credibility because yeah, 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 yeah. I know you're Captain America, but fuck you, you know. So like, like does like he he has to earn you know, and I mean I could even get behind if we were if we were gonna be, you know, telling the story where he's gonna try and earn the Captain America moniker and is upset that people aren't seeing it, but. I mean, we haven't seen any of that. He's no. a dick, and he yeah. We haven't a, seen him trying earnestly to live up to the standards of Captain America. We saw him playing lip service to the idea, but the minute that the cameras offer him off of him, he's right back into like, I'm big shit, right? Uh-huh. Aren't I? Yeah. He's like he's he he reinforces the idea from the first Captain America movie that. I'm not going to say he was a bully because he probably wasn't, but he was definitely captain of the football team. He was definitely the guy that got everything. Um, and all that being Captain America is, before even getting the super soldier serum, is sort of amplify his sense of, of being hot shit. 
Right. And I mean, like, the other thing that drives me nuts about it is, like, is is the, the way in this episode, and this is a, a related to him, but the way that Bucky and, and Falcon were talking about the shield as if it were Yolner and it shows <laughs> powers upon him. That is a really like, good point. Burn, yeah, like they talk about burning it. We've got to destroy it. Like, no, it's, it's just a shield, man. Like, I understand that somehow this shield being thrown is the most dangerous thing in the history of the world because it will incapacitate you but not kill you <laughs> no matter what. And you can bounce it and ride it and, and throw it under you to make sure you don't die in a high-speed chase and all kinds of other things. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's, it's weird that, that our heroes are talking about the shield as if it was bringing like as if if there's heroicism contained within it, yeah. and we're seeing that it's not, and right. we're seeing or, that, or that as the if, shield itself is nothing but a symbol. Right, or as if the shield was the thing that brought the super soldiers, because we can guarantee that even if there was no shield, the super soldier serum is the thing that people want. You know, right, right. Like, the shield just happens to be part of the. The shield is is, is part of is it happens to be a part of it, but the super soldier serum is what is making the hero. You know, if you put right. a Wakandan or excuse me, a, a vibranium shield to anybody, it's not going to fly around with such precision as if if it's not thrown by somebody with all the powers. Yeah, it it's almost like they got a note that we didn't get yet that. Uh, that Captain America or Steve or you know um, John Walker is looking for the Super Soldier Serum to use on himself. Like I think that that's what he's trying to do, right? I think that he will use super, uh, the serum on himself um, at some point. But but the yeah, they, but the, they got the, what three more doses? Yeah. The, what? Uh. Well, I didn't count the I didn't count the people in the. In the Flag Smashers, they had 20. They lost one, so they have 19. There were eight that we had counted in the last episode, but I didn't. I don't know how many extra doses they have. Let's assume they have 10. Um, yeah. Like, but it's weird though because the way that Carly was talking, like she made it sound like they had enough to give to like a whole village of people. I mean, it. It's gonna have to be. I mean, if they have it in that form, they should be able to do. They should be able to duplicate it. I mean, maybe not the flag smashers, but somebody should be able to duplicate it now. You know, I, I this idea that it all died with uh, our our Baron Zemo killed scientist. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It th- that that idea isn't gonna float. I'm not sure if that's what we're getting, but I feel like I don't know. It might. sounds like Doctor Nagel was like, "I'm not keeping any notes because that's what's keeping me alive." Oops, you know. <laughs> But, between between when we originally talked about him and now I forgot his name again because yeah. he got killed so quick. That was why I said the scientist. No, I I know I had to look him up myself, uh, Doctor Nagel, um, but yeah, he seemed like the type that wouldn't have kept notes nearby. But I liked his story about how he was just on the verge of discovering the super soldier serum, serum and then he got dusted. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> He was very, very Ant-Man in his, uh, in his timing there. He was like, um, I was working but... with the CIA. You know, we were putting together the Super Soldiers project. I get dusted. I come back, and they're like, nah, we don't want Super Soldiers anymore. And that's the weirdest part. How did the CIA decide that they didn't want Super Soldiers anymore? 
Right. Or this scientist was the only one who had an idea and they didn't just start finding more random black people to test their <laughs> ideas on. Like, come on. We all know how the CIA works. Well, no, it's like, you know, uh, Hayward got involved and they were like, oh, no, no, we're, we're totally moving from super soldiers to uh, androids. That's the thing that we do now, you know? Um <laughs> Yeah, sent, sentient weapon uh, organization. I forgot what the what the rest of SWORD stands for, other than sentient weapon. Yeah. But yeah, well, I mean, what well, we both know what really happened was right before Zemo uh, shot Nagel, is that Professor Xavier was next door and read his mind, yes, and yes. now has the and now has the super soldier serum uh, formula. Yeah. committed to memory and then when xavier shows up as this is clearly but, leading you know, you to see, the x-men it was actually bishop what it was was that it was oh. a bishop who was time traveling and he snagged the super soldier formula so that he could travel back to the past to inject the first alien clear i mean the first mutant um clearly logan um with the super soldier serum as a baby so that he could become a mutant in the 1800s yes there we go and then yes and 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 live forever and somehow the star jammers were were there and the shiar knew that it was happening but didn't stop it because of the phoenix yeah and all of it yeah it's clearly with all this it's it's all connected like they say it's all connected Um, oh man i i was waiting i was waiting for someone to say the word patch when they were when they were in Madripoor, I was definitely looking through. I, I was hoping. I mean, it was much more clubby than than I expected. But I was hoping that there would be some like random uh, mercenary slash uh, villain uh, cameos in the Madripoor bar. So I was I was a little disappointed at the lack of overt uh, cameos. But you never know. I mean, they'll find a way to put Deadpool in there. You know, I, I also I saw this on Twitter and I found it weird that our our uh, Philippine island uh, evil uh, pirate place had no, no had no one of Asian descent dancing on the dance floor. Look, they learned from uh, with Hawkeye that if you put too many Asian people in there and they end up getting killed, then the character will be branded as racist. So it was very important that Bucky not punch any Asian people when he was in his Winter Soldier persona because then people would be like, well, clearly Bucky's racist. Uh, same with right. Sharon Carter. Same with Sharon Carter. You know, she killed I, – I saw one Asian dude um, and like maybe three or four black dudes, but like a, it was a very wide-ranging uh, ethnic landscape of bounty hunters, which actually – you know what? I would – that is the thing I should be remiss. Like, are you a fan of the John Wick movies? You know, I've honestly never seen them. I know. Oh, wow. I know. Every, so this is going to be awkward. This is going to be awkward because it was a very John Wickian uh, plot point. So the, the guy who wrote the episode, Derek Kolstad, uh, wrote the John Wick movies. And, oh. one, and one thing that happens in the John Wick movies, not a spoiler, is that uh, there's, a whole, there's a whole secret organization of assassins. And and they'll just sort of like randomly get a text that's like, oh, yeah, this person that was like in your organization of assassins is like no longer in the organization. So he's like fair game. 
you know. And when they had that so scene, when they had that scene, and so you know, where people are like, "There's a bounty um, on on these people's heads." It was very John Wickian the way that like random people would look at their phone and be like, "Oh shit, I can just start killing people now." <laughs> shit is real. So what you're saying is, is there's maybe a guild of assassins, and they're gonna be using them as a tithe. I'm gonna tie this into X Men '92, the cartoon <laughs> series, and we're gonna get we're gonna get Gambit and all of this, and then that that's what it is. We that's just need a yeah, we need a guild of thieves next week. Uh, right, right, and then assassins and thieves are gonna fight because they do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. yeah, I I I I've I've been, I, I enjoyed it. I liked. I like them throwing Madripoor. I really also, like, we were talking about whether we liked this episode or not. I really enjoyed the world building that yeah. the MCU has done. Sort of learning that Sokovia was gobbled up by, uh, I'm still going to assume it's going to be Latveria in my dreams, and we're getting Dr. Doom. But uh, that, that Sokovia was sort of uh, was gobbled up, and it's as if, it's as if the, the entire world of the MCU is still uh, settling, right? Because nowadays, if a country was gobbled up in in Europe, uh, there would be news about it, and it would be massive here. There would be protests everywhere. But I mean, I guess I can also see some of this falling to the wayside when half of the world disappeared. Yeah, I mean that that, that gets dropped several stages in the priority scale, especially if Sokovia was a small country in the first place. But I. I think it's weird that there are Sokovia Accords and no Sokovia. Um, like, so up until this episode, I was anti the Latveria as used to be Sokovia uh, theory. Um, I just felt like it was a little bit trite. But now that they've done it, now they've gone ahead and done it and said that, that Sokovia doesn't exist anymore. You know, now I almost have to say, well, what's the point of making Sokovia go away if not to create another fictitious country in its wake um i mean i also don't i'm not I, i'm not as beholden to the comic book lore if if victor von doom is a sokovian it's cool with me i don't need i'm not married to the name latveria you know I mean, if, and if he if he leads if he's leading the return of uh, uh sokovia i'm cool with that I kind of am married to the name Latveria so much so that when they said he would that they were in Latvia at the end of the episode, I was like, "You motherfuckers! <laughs> like you were you were fucking with the people who were like halfway Marvel heads, and they're like Latvia. Oh, okay, that's the real one, not the fake one. Um, like next week, we're, we're I'm calling it now. Victor Von Doom confirmed." <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So we're gonna talk about the outlandish stuff. <laughs> He's gonna be at a bar with Reed Richards and Mephisto in Latvia, talking about how, like, he's about to go and take over Latveria. That's 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 what's gonna happen next week. I think the black bartender who did not recognize Smiling Tiger was actually Mystique playing the bartender that's already dead so therefore 
it makes sense that she did not know that uh, that Sam wasn't Smiling Tiger. Nice, so that's, nice. That's my, I like that's it. That's my outlet. Yeah. Because Mystique, Mystique is always tied to Measure 4. Right. And you know what? This is a good, as good a time as any to get into our outlandish theories segment. Um, it's a brand new segment, and uh, I'm happy to have you on the first one, Gordy. Um, basically, what I do every week is I solicit, um, I solicit predictions from the people on social media, mostly just with Twitter, and I give them a score of 1 to 10, 1 being, yeah, obviously, and 10 being, nah, never. And, um, you know, we, we go through, we see which of these theories came true. We do award the points based on the, the pre-scores that we give. And who knows, maybe we'll get some winners. So I'm going to go down the, uh, down the line of the predictions, and you tell me whether these predictions came true. I got it. Let's do this. All right. So Black Veteran. Also, who... send... I was going to say send these predictions to uh, at – uh, racial pod draft and at uh, MTF three. Yeah, send them. A, I mean, I'll, I'll put out. A, I'll usually put out a tweet, and you guys can. Uh, but yeah, follow racial draft podcast podcast and follow MTF III, and um, you know, usually around around midday or sometime in the afternoon on Thursdays, and uh, you know, get your theories popping. But uh, this week we had a black veteran who got screwed over by the government predicted adam brashear uh i gave that i believe i gave that seven but uh wow didn't, that but is, it didn't that, but it didn't come true some, no it did not that's some hopefulness right there do you think that that's only a seven if we're going to drop blue marvel in the middle of this series that would be a big moment it would be but, but uh, i mean you know they did somewhat lay the foundation for there being secret uh experiments and you know black heroes that were operating that people didn't know about i felt like i i couldn't give it a full 10 in terms of like implausible because you know they left the door open korean war maybe he was fighting alongside uh isaiah bradley you know it's out there i like it i like it i like it he was no he was with dr manhattan they both killed mm -hmm. the korean war uh are gonna mold everything together our buddy S uh, from the Latinx delegation suggested that there's scrolls all the way down. So I gave that a nine. Uh, as you know, uh, there were a lot of people who were theorizing that the monkey head bar was uh, supposed to be scroll heads. We now know that they were monkey heads. So uh, it's not looking good, not looking good, which is why I gave it a nine. Yeah, I, I, don't, think, I don't think we've seen any scrolls in this series, at least not yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carlos, shout out to Carlos. Hey, what up? Uh, suggested that Isaiah Bradley comes out of retirement for one last mission and then he dies. Uh, that didn't happen wow. this week. Uh, it did not happen this week. It could still happen, um, but I, it, it didn't happen this week. I gave it a seven. It did not come true. Yeah, I, I think we may see him teach Sam how to use that shield. Ooh, that would be kind of cool. You need to put that in. Uh, you need to put that in. Probably that's probably more of like a last episode prediction, um, than than you know, another prediction. Zemo beats the frame job, but ends up in Secretary Ross's floating prison, along with Blonsky and possibly whoever Taskmaster is. I'm gonna give that. I'm giving that a three, but mostly I'm giving that a three for the overall of that happening, rather than 
it happening this week. Um, it's, it's yeah, I'm with, I'm with that. I, I can definitely see that at the. I can definitely see that at the end uh, of our, of our series here, but not definitely not yet. Yeah, I mean, I should have read this prediction before the the one that I just read because it said Zemo is framed for an attack and goes on the run, targeted by Walker. Um, I gave that one a five. Um, it could still I, happen. Yeah, but, I could see it. I could see our 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 uh, new power broker Sharon Carter putting the heat <laughs> on Zemo. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel that. less confident about it now than I felt when I gave the score because, you know, I hadn't seen the episode. Now that we know that the Wakandans are looking for him, he doesn't have to be framed for anything. He's he's on the run. Because um, I think my original prediction was that he was going to get out on some kind of like work release type deal where he was released <laughs> into the custody of Sam and Bucky, um, but he needed to be returned. So essentially what's happening, just more in a more official thought instead of them helping break him out. Right. I get it. I could have I could have seen it, but I think I'm glad we, we've got this uh, gray area of, with Sam and Bucky on the run. Makes more sense than them being uh, backed by the government as they're doing this. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of funny, though, because um, Bucky showed a lot of personality and a lot of strategic thinking in terms of how he put together the the jailbreak um which we hadn't really seen from bucky before then right yeah he, you know he's more than uh a, an arm and a gun uh so <laughs> yeah. it's good I mean, it, it's good it, it, it plays more into the spy uh the spy aspect of the character from the comics and also it makes sense i mean he'd been working in espionage on and off uh, while being brainwashed for years, he's bound to pick up some skills. So, yeah, that's got to be a weird, like, just the practicalities of that. Like, how are you both being brainwashed and also being taught how to be a spy? As You know, I feel like it's easier to just teach someone how to kill and just send them on missions to kill rather than, you know. Then, and then doing the more infiltrating uh, James Bond type spy work. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. He was more of the blunt object instead of the uh, precision scalpel. Exactly. All right. So here's another prediction. Uh, this is a three-parter, so I had to give three scores. Walker is going to assault Eli, and it's going to be hard to watch. I gave that seven. Zemo and the Power Broker are the main villains. I gave that a one. Uh, we get a bittersweet cameo of T'Challa that was filmed prior to Bozeman's passing. I gave that a nine. Because I think I think if we were going to get the, the 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 cameo, this would have been the episode to get that cameo. I, you know, I honestly, if I, if that is there, if that that is something that could have happened. I mean, I I've seen some threads about the timing of the shooting and all that. You know, I don't think it would be there anymore. It, yeah. it, it would it, it would just be too heartbreaking. Yeah. Like I I would shed a legitimate man tear. If if Chadwick Boseman comes on the screen as Black Panther and something that I have not seen him as Black Panther in already, right? Well, I also no. think that if you if you filmed any kind of uh, Chadwick Boseman Black Panther moment, you save you find a way to put that in Black Panther two. Like you save it all the way for Black Panther two. You don't just burn it on a Disney Plus series. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't want it to. I don't want it. I don't want it to happen, and I don't think it's going to be happening. So yeah, I mean, I'll give that one like a fifteen. Like it, that's <laughs> not. It, it, it's just not. But uh, but the two evil people. I think the power broker being, and I'm gonna keep. I'm sticking with power broker Sharon Carter. Uh, and her being evil, I'm going with this. I think this is going to be, this is going to be my Ralph is important of this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I think that that is great, and I do think that we're going to see John Walker beat up Isaiah. Beat up well, this, this, this wasn't Isaiah. This was Eli. Oh oh, got it, got it. Cross the characters for a second. Well, yeah, if it was Isaiah, I would have gone. I would have gone a little lower because I think there will probably be a confrontation between John Walker and Isaiah. But Eli, less likely, I think. You know, that's another thing. The if the United States government knows, I mean, they must know that Isaiah still exists. I, why wouldn't they have a million soldiers taking all of his blood and make and figuring it out so they can have a bunch of. So they can have a bunch of super soldiers to make sure Sokovia never happens to us. Well, so my theory is that so my theory is that uh, Hydra knew his identity, but it wasn't common knowledge. I mean, yeah, I could see it, and it it died with Hydra. Yeah. So they had the sample, but they didn't know exactly where the sample came from. I could see it. I mean, you know, and, and government uh, inadequacies and government failings are definitely something that happens all the time. So yeah, somebody plus there's a certain them. level of deniability of like, you know, people not wanting that, you know, to come out and it be a thing that would bring down some kind of administration that they were experimenting on this this black person for 20 years. You know. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute it to secret. Uh, ally of black people everywhere, Everett Ross, uh, <laughs> and, and 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 good old Bilbo there, making sure that uh, making sure that Isaiah is safe. Well, no, I'm gonna attribute it there. Yeah, that was funny. Like we were in our thread today, and and someone was like, Ross is behind the whole thing, and and for a second I thought they were talking about Everett Ross, and I was like, that would be wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bilbo. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I love that the M the MCU has given us all of these like paper pusher characters and and has moved and have moved them around, much like we've seen with Thunderbolt Ross, you know, from the, the, the only exile from the Forgotten Hulk movie allowed to still live. Uh and and, and Everett Ross and and all hopefully Jimmy Woo and hopefully we will see a little bit more of Hayward from the uh <laughs> from the WandaVision series and and this cast of of government types uh it feels realistic and it feels fun it makes you it makes you uh and we still haven't gotten Henry Gerich the pencil pusher of pencil pushers true listen listen everything goes back to the X-Men they're building giant they they need the uh they need the flag smashers to steal those vaccines because the vaccines will actually stop the sentinels from knowing that you're a mutant. No, no, no. Um, you see, in Armor Wars, 
they are going to steal the armor in order to build sentinels. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Because what is what is Trask if not an anagram of Stark? <laughs> that mm. bad. I like it. I like it. So more predictions. Swing for the fences from our boy Arturo, who's been on the podcast. Walker keeps the shield. I gave that a 10. Which I guess he got his 10. He got his 10 for this episode, but, you know, I'm guessing he meant yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, he, meant, he meant in the final resolution of this. Uh, yeah, I could, I know, I think, I think uh, Walker will be grabbing the shield as it is pitched into the fires of Mount Doom and will ride <laughs> ultimate end. But no, you know, I actually, I could see it. I could see, because, especially because of what we talked about earlier with Bucky and Cat, or excuse me, Bucky and Falcon talking about the power of the shield. I could see uh, Falcon and, and Sam becoming Captain America and not needing the shield because, you know, you realize that the true power of Captain America isn't in a hunk of metal. It's in, you know, the ass. And then, and, and, and <laughs> you know, and, and something, something really heartwarming where, where, uh, where Sam has realized that it's important, you know, that, that it's more than just a name and it's more than a shield and all that. While John Walker is still the government agent that is out there uh, enforcing all the propaganda. I could I could see that I I and I actually like that I think that's a that's a great pull Arturo. <laughs> well, I gave that a ten because I don't think that shit's gonna happen. I I think that the I think that Sam is definitely wearing that shield. I think he's gonna gonna find a way to have shields and and the wing and wings at the same time, and it's gonna be kind of weird, but we're just gonna rock with it because God damn it, he's our Captain America. Um, another prediction. Zemo is the power broker. I I gave that a three, but now I feel like I should have gone higher. Um, like it's not that I thought that it was likely; I just thought that it was possible. You know, was oh no, you know what, you know what it was? I had heard so many people making that suggestion, uh, making that prediction that it didn't feel super bold. Yeah, it, it, it feels like, you know, it, it feels so obvious, like Memphisto and things like that, that it's right there. But uh, yeah. but no, I, 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 I'm with you on the ranking, but I don't think that's where I don't think that's where we're going. Yeah, me I still think we're getting I still think we're getting uh, 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 reluctant anti-hero Zemo at the end of this. I don't think he's going to be particularly reluctant. I think he's just going to be like all in on being an anti-hero. Um, here's another prediction. Red Skull is behind the Flag Smashers. And and this person this person actually put in a quote from uh, Captain America's first Avenger. Here it is. You could have the power of the gods, yet you wear a flag on your chest and think you fight a battle of nations. I have seen the future, Captain. There are no flags. Not in my future. So that's what they're leaning on in saying that the Red Skull is behind the Flag Smashers. Um, I, I give them credit for the quote, but I'm still giving it in the nine for uh, for it being a bit of a reach. 
I mean, I could see that as possibly the the post credit stinger that ha it was actually the Red Skull. But if the Red Skull shows up in like episode four, we're gonna have to spend two episodes explaining how this MF got here from space. Right, from Vormir. Obviously Mephisto, clearly. Um right. at that point. Yeah. Right, right. And then and then Blink will be there and then we've got all kinds <laughs> of uh, here's another one. Uh, Cap's shield is made into the body of a new drone that flies alongside Cap Falcon as a replacement for Red Wing. So he has turned the shield into Red Wing. I gave that a nine. I should have given it a ten, but I wanted to like you know be nice. Yeah, I'm gonna give that like a forty-six. <laughs> Listen, we can talk about the, the 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 symbolism of the shield and all of that. But that shield isn't going anywhere. That shield will, will not be broken again unless Steve Rogers is coming back. Right. Here's another one. They find Omega Red in Madripoor. So I gave that a nine. I gave that a nine, but uh, I was rooting for it. I was rooting for an Omega Red, um, but didn't happen. I. I mean, I would love. I would love to see how you do an Omega Red without uh the ussr <laughs> Could oh. be yeah yeah hold a whole different take on the here on the character but uh i mean you yeah. could just be like some russian dude that then later gets put in the omega red uh costume uh, yeah i guess i listen I'll, I'll i'm gonna stick with a nine i actually think that i'll give it a slight plausibility that there may be some kind of uh uh there may be some we may see some failures of a different program to recreate the super soldier mm, okay much, much like much like we saw in civil war um i could see something of that ilk uh being what ultimately brings down the flag smashers or gives us our all-out war uh, our all-out action scene towards the end and maybe one of them is is given a uh, comic book friendly name I'm not sure if Omega Red would be the one, but I could, I could definitely see, you know, some some nerd name that you and I will pop for that will go over the heads of lots of people at the end in, in the final battle scene. Right. All right. Here's another one. Isaiah and Eli Bradley will be the reasons Falcon picks up the shield finally and becomes Captain America. I gave that a one because it is definitely happening, and this is definitely why it's going to happen. Um, they another name check of Isaiah Bradley this episode. Sam is definitely primed to become the new Captain America if he gets the shield back. So yeah, real, I gave I gave that a one. Yeah, I think the, the only question with that one is, will Isaiah still be alive? Good question. I don't, know going, I don't know. Yeah, I think the real question I have is, is he going to have to die to push Sam, or is it, will he be there as sort of a, a I mean, it'd be fun if he is the, maybe the man in the chair for, for new cap, uh, Sam Wilson. I think it's possible that he gets like badly beaten and maybe even thrown into a coma, but not outright killed. Well, I'm sure Gordy will come back in a second. Uh, we might have lost him for a second. Um, there you are. Oh, oh. 
happen. I'm out of this world, man. Things happen. <laughs> All right, here's another prediction. We get a tease of Isaiah's grandson developing abilities in the final episode. So I gave that a five. I think it's a 50-50 proposition about this tease of him getting powers. I mean, he's obviously uh, Eli is a young Avenger. But uh, I don't know if we'll get that tease in the final episode. I could, I could see it. I mean, maybe not as maybe not as a result of being a descendant of Isaiah, but if he is the recipient of one of those super soldier serum serum vials, uh, I can see that as a possibility. But I'm not sure if we're going to have uh, the, the super soldier serum being hereditary because there's a generation skip there. Although yeah. that could be something that could be a story to mine for later. So maybe yeah. I like well, that, I like this idea. I mean, so in the you know, in the comics they they made it seem they made it seem like he got it genetically, but then it turned out he was injecting himself. So that's why I think it would be the kind of thing that could pop up later where, you know, he tries to sell people on the fact that he's got these powers, but he actually uh, kept a, a version of the super soldier serum. But like I said, I don't I don't see it happening uh, by the end of this series. I see him, you know, wanting to foul. You know what? That actually leads towards possibly of his Isaiah dying, you know, because it could lead to Eli picking up the mantle and Sam wanting to mentor him. Yeah, and I mean, we could even carry that through to the soon-to-be Hawkeye series. If we're going to start putting the Young Avengers mm-hmm. type together, like, I, I could definitely see that thread picking up somewhere else. It might be a bit much, like you said, to be packed into these six episodes. But, who knows? I mean, I didn't yeah. think we were going to beautiful dancing, so we, who knows if we may get the rest of the way out. Well, here's another, here's another bold prediction. From the same guy, from from our boy Jeff. Jeff J says on Twitter, uh, he's a great follow. He's, he's from Queens, out in New York, out here where I'm, where I'm at. You know, um, his bolder prediction: the big bat is not the power broker; it's actually Hydra Cap. Um, oh, I hope you gave that a 72. <laughs> I mean, I gave it a 10. You know, but like. That would blow everybody's minds. We'd be here on the show, uh, probably at like twelve, like three oh one, on the show. Like what? <laughs> like, um, yeah, that would be that would be eight eight minutes of us screaming, just <laughs> on and on. Yeah, but that would that would be insane. And the final, the final uh, prediction, which I did not give a score to. So we'll have to, we'll have to give a score to right here on the podcast from our friend uh, Michael Scully, aka Fitz versus the World on Twitter. The flag smashers are unwitting pawns in Zemo's destabilization schemes. Johnny Walker's pursuit of the flag smashers is purely motivated by a desire to stockpile super soldier serum for himself in the name of defending the country. So that sounds like two predictions. Um, I'm giving the first one a seven, uh, if not an eight. And I'm giving the the fact that he said purely motivated uh, makes me want to like you know ding it a little bit. Um, 
So I'm going to give that one a 7 uh, as well. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in line with that. I think, we'll, I think we're going to going to see a bit more a bit more gray but i think that that's uh, i think that's in the right ballpark i'd probably go like five sixes but i mean that's just picking that's just uh picking a fit there um i definitely think we're in the ballpark of john walker is searching for the super soldier serum so that he can be the real captain america or whatever he wants to call it the true captain america yeah um but I'm not sure if if I don't see the Flag Smashers being linked to Zemo. I think that they may be something that he takes advantage of. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We, you know, I have a question. Did I'll admit I don't know if I remember this. Did we find out? Did Zemo get blipped? Um, we did not hear whether he got blipped or not. It's still an open question. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think so. So I mean. If Zemo didn't get tipped, um, and we're playing, and we're gonna play as Zemo as Bruce Wayne, I could see him, you know, planning all this for the day that the Avengers come back, because he knew that the Avengers would eventually beat the Space God and bring all the people back. <laughs> yeah, but, but the weird thing is that the Avengers, like the the original Avengers, most of them lit, most of them survived the blip. True. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, there was a, there was a, a definite, uh, old school vibe to who got like the ones, the ones who fucked over Sokovia. That was the original, that was the OG Avengers. Like he should have, he should have no real beef with the the second generation team. I think, I think what we're going to see is that he has beef with the idea of a superhero. Yes. I agree. Yeah. And so he'll have beef with all superheroes, regardless of generation or ilk. Right. No, I agree with that. I'm just saying in terms of like, like his planning, like at this point, now that, you know, Iron Man's dead and uh, Captain America's sort of missing in action and Thor is off world, you know, like he, and oh, and, and uh, Scarlet, um, sorry, um, Black Widow's dead and who knows what's happening with Hawkeye. Like, he may feel kind of like, oh, well, like, we... The Avengers definitely should not exist, but I don't have, like, personal animosity towards people in the way that I did before. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more cold and calculating now, and then, I mean, he doesn't know it, or or we don't... None of us know exactly, but T'Challa isn't quite going to be the same issue for him anymore. However, that's going to be resolved. So well, my yeah. guess is that he has to have like respect for T'Challa. I don't know, man. Not letting I could see him being angry at the person who did not let him commit suicide. But now that he's kind of like, you know, loving life and dancing in the clubs, like he's gotta feel like, you know, I gotta respect that man. He totally could have killed me because I killed his father and he let me live and now I'm in a better place true then he well yeah but then then he'll get upset when he's like if it wasn't for if t'challa just let me die i wouldn't get this mask glued to my face forever <laughs> oh so you think the mask is getting glued to his face i know i don't there's no uh, way I, I actually believe there's no way on earth that that mask is glued to his face. <laughs> yeah that is a really that is that is a that is a 100 on the 10 point scale of uh, bold predictions that his mask is going to stay on his face yeah, 
that's one of those ridiculous comic book stories that somehow got repeated twice for both Zemos, and it, it should not carry over to the MCU. Now, before we go, you know, we're, we're, we're winding down. We would be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the GRC and their weird uh, ad, which seemed like a uh, an ad for a, a pharmaceutical. Um, ask your doctor about GRC. Um, what, was your, what was your take on the, the commercial for the GRC? You know, I, it was weird. I mean, it makes sense. As, as I mean, everyone has joked and talked about and talked about, Lord knows what happens after five years gone. You yeah. know, the house you owned, you no longer own, and your wife now has a new husband, and you're, you know, and all of the insanity that would occur. For sure. Uh, so the, the idea of there being a, an organization or a group or a, almost a philosophy in putting lives back isn't outlandish. But man, that episode, that commercial, definitely had some sinister vibes to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, my Peter Tingle was tingling once I went, <laughs> and uh, and I didn't. Uh, I but I I'll admit I don't have a great I don't have a great plan. You know, sometimes I'll you know we we all come up with our fan theories. I don't have a fantastic theory about where that might be going or what sinister means that is going to lead to. It just seemed way more corporate than governmental. You know, like if they had said that GRC was a private entity, then it would have felt like the kind of thing that a, a private company that's working for profit would do. But if we think that this is backed by the government, it just seemed way too cheesy to be to be the government. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and it, it, but you know, it definitely, it definitely felt like those uh, uh, army of one propaganda. <laughs> you know, I it was in that in that pain. So I don't know. I could, I could see it. I could definitely see it being, a, you know, it, it playing like like one of those ads. And I remember, I remember when I was a kid, the Marine ads where 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 the one Marine turns into eight million Marines. And, <laughs> And, and they fight for truth, justice, and the American way to, to steal something from the other universe. But uh, but yeah, I but, but I still stand that I, I don't have a great theory about how they're going to factor into this and how they're going how this entity is going to be uh, weaponized, for lack of a better term, by people do us all harm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was weird because, you know, you see the GRC ad, and then you see the GRC logo on a police vehicle that has Captain America in it, and it just seemed so discordant to me. It seemed like, you know, are they trying to, like, win hearts and minds, or are they trying to be some kind of, like, authoritarian uh, governmental uh, bureaucracy? Like, it didn't feel, they didn't feel like they matched up. It also it also doesn't make any sense in the MCU that this this branch of the government doesn't have an acronym for a name. <laughs> Very good point. It doesn't. It's not like called like Garch or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Globe. 
you know, or or anything or anything else. It doesn't it doesn't feel right. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, shield and sword and 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 others. Well, that's how we know it's not going to last. Um, True. Yeah. It, the fact that they didn't even bother, the fact that the Marvel writers didn't even bother to come up with an acronym for it, like, like over under three GRC references when this uh, series ends, like post the end of the series. Oh, oh, under, under, yeah. <laughs> I, I think this will be something that's wrong. I mean, we must be completely wrong. And actually, uh, the power broker and the GRC is just his government uh, propaganda machine and all of that. But yeah, I'm gonna go under. I think I think this GRC is going to die with uh, whatever happens to John Walker in our in our in our next couple episodes. Three episodes left. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that we're we're gonna get tons more sword references than GRC references. So I, I gotta agree. I, I I think that we'll get precisely zero GRC references in the movies. Um, I mean, yeah, they, you gotta have a snappier name than that. I'm 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 upset at the at the writers here. This this felt you know it could have been. Could have been something real easy. You could have just you could have just throw, called it gun. And, 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 <laughs> and Global unification network or whatever, like yeah. boom, boom. That, that's spitballing. <laughs> at least right in that world. But uh, but yeah, I, I, right. You would have had like sword, shield, and gun. <laughs> oh, got it. We're done here. We are done. Thank you, Marvel. <laughs> Check in the mail, and <laughs> and we can talk about gun control and all of these podcasts. It'll be great. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I, I I agree with you. I don't think we're gonna see much of the the, the GRC past this series. This may be something that that may be the thing that Sam gets to dismantle at the end by becoming the new Captain America. And especially once we find out that Mephisto is is the uh, running uh, GRC, like you know, power broker. The power yeah. broker is Mephisto. Yeah, I mean, well, that was last week's. That was last week's suggestion. You know, we have to change up the suggestion every week. But yeah, power broker slash Mephisto running the GRC. Um, you know, you heard it here first, guys, listeners. Um, stay tuned next week when you can. Uh, come on, come up with brand new suggestions for who the uh, for who Mephisto might be, and uh, where, when, and where the X Men will sh- will show up next. Now that we have been confirmed, confirmed X logo on random building in in Europe. What was it? What what country was it, uh, Gordy? Uh, it was not Latveria. No, it was a different country. It was the country. Uh, that the flag smashers were, or was that the same Latvia? Was it the same? I thought it was. I thought it was Latvia. I'll admit. Oh, okay. I, we have to fact check this and send out a uh, tweet later. But I, I'm pretty sure it was Latvia. That shout out to <laughs> Professor X for reaching out to the international, uh, the international school out there in Latvia that we we didn't even know existed. You know, X logo right there. Much much in the vein of. Uh, being told that all the clocks in WandaVision didn't have sixes, I'm going to go back and rewatch all of these episodes and count how many of the words spoken 
have the letter X in it. And <laughs> that number, if that number leads me to a number that matters for the X-Men. I'm going to predict that there are precisely 10 of them. Oh, I, 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 I saw that recently with uh, Little Nas X. I was like, well, if Little Nas X is here to destroy the world, um, from what I'm led to believe, that he is the tenth attempt at it. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. There have been nine previous incarnations of Little Nas, and um, so. But, uh, but yeah, I, I I've enjoyed it. I'm I'm gonna say we're gonna stick with our insane uh, theories. I'm gonna say the power broker is actually the maker. It's evil Reed Richards. Evil Reed Richards from another universe just fitting in with the multiverse of madness. Yep. Sliding okay. in good Reed Richards gets here so that he can lay all the traps for his good uh, universal doppelganger. Well, I am going to say this one I just came up with just now. I'm going to say that next week, Smiling Tiger, the real Smiling Tiger is going to show up and have a showdown with Sam. That's right, black on black crime. Um, I hope it looks like the Will Smith Gemini Man fight. <laughs> and there's motorcycles used as as weapons. Listen, I'm gonna. I, I think that Smiling Tiger is actually Anthony Mackie's character from Eight Mile, and they're gonna have a. <laughs> All right. Will Will Bucky listen to some Marvin Gaye next week? No, Bucky. Bucky's gonna tell us next week that he doesn't understand the love for Marvin Gaye and that he thinks the plight of the African American is uh, displayed best by DMX. <laughs> you know what? That would be awesome if we found out that Bucky was a hip hop head. Um, I think that the woke. I think that woke Zemo will continue. Um, I do think he's going to kick game to Io, even though Io, uh, you know, has a girlfriend. That's a point five, I believe, on our. On our... <laughs> yeah, that one. I, I want to make it a zero because who knows? Woke Zemo will find out that that uh, he's playing for the wrong team and respect that. This is the only chance that she has of not getting ludicrous line about the color of her skin and being beautiful yeah no, I, I i would i would almost risk everything on uh zemo uh having having that kind of game um what else bold predictions uh i mean listen one i mean we've got it we've got to get the x-men in so that that, that we've got to figure out how that's going to happen how how Colossus and Deadpool are going to be bringing about the uh, the the mutant gene to the world, but uh, but no, in non in non silly uh, ideas, I really think that evil evil Sharon Carter, or at least morally morally, because morally is not a word, morally <laughs> uh, Sharon Carter is where we're going. Yeah, and, Shades of Grey Sharon is definitely there, and through one machination or another. I bet new power broker Sharon Carter is where we wind up. Whether she was it all along, or we, or she takes over the mantle from uh, dispatched Victor Von Doom, uh, we will. <laughs> find out. But I, I definitely think that's where we're headed. 
So did you see my tweet from this week? I didn't know before now that the power broker's government name was Curtis Jackson. I did not either. Right. So I found out that power broker's name was Curtis Jackson. And uh, those of you who are uh, hip hop fans know that there is another person who has the name Curtis Jackson. And he is the executive producer of a television show called what, Gordy? Uh, uh, oh God, what's the name of it? Power. Oh God. Power, thank you. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, no, not the one on Fox. Not, not, not the one, not the one with former Bucky. No, no, no. Yeah, Power. Curtis Jackson, 50 Cent. 50 Cent, Power Broker, confirmed. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And somehow Turtle's going to be in, uh, Turtle's going to find his way to the MCU. From from Entourage, uh, Jerry Ferrara, I believe is the actor's name. Yeah. I like it. We're in. So when Fifty Cent shows up as the power broker in the most meta uh, cameo of all time, uh, just know you heard it here first. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And when you when 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 we finally get uh, Evil Reed Richards before 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 Face Reed Richards. Then know that we're on the right track. We see what you're doing, Marvel. You can't hide from us. Exactly. So um, I guess this is where we wind it down. Do you have any final words, Gordy? It's been fun. It has been a lot of fun, this this buddy cop uh, jaunt that we've been in. And I've really enjoyed it. It's brought back my love of waiting each and every week for an episode. The yeah, MCU sure. has done that. No more binging. Yeah. Yeah, they made binging uncool, weirdly enough, and uh, and I'm I'm sort of here for it. Yeah, I mean now now we just now we just need the uh, we need the resolution of some of these things, and we need we need Marvel to tell us when the mutants are coming, so that every time I look at Twitter after an episode, I won't see 15 theories of how this is leading to the mutants. I don't know. I, I've started to embrace it. Like I'm sort of loving the like figuring out what Twitter's going to look at as the the new theory for how we're going to get mutants. So um, that is. I'm all ready to wrap it up. I am. I am done with. I am done with the mutant thought. I am done with everyone thinking that these these Disney Plus series is going to change the MCU in these wildly drastic ways. And somehow Marvel's gonna gonna say, no, we don't want that billion dollars for that movie. We want subscription. <laughs> I mean, you're right. Like the the amount of people who are mad that they haven't just introduced the X Men in a on a television platform that you pay six ninety nine for once a month, as opposed to uh, doing a full on rollout and trying to make a billion dollars with, like. Has been has been hilarious. Yeah, that's that's a six ninety nine that I personally paid for three two years and got a third year free. Exactly. So I've got a lot of You're not re-upping me for a long time. So but I guess we'll end it here, right? That being said, mutants next week. Confirm. <laughs> Deadpool. Finally. I mean, where else is he going to live in the MCU besides Madripoor? Yeah, exactly. Although, I guess now they're in... No, you know, no, sorry. Next week is Doctor Doom um, because they're going to go from Latvia to Latveria. Uh, it's perfect. 
Uh, we're going to start laying the foundation for the Black Panther movie. And, um, yeah, this is this is where we're at now. Um, theories upon theories upon theories, but we do enjoy this week every week. I do hope that, uh, that Falcon uh, gets his wings back and doesn't get relegated into third tier, if not fourth tier character, because I... I still have, I think that Zemo won the episode. I think that Sharon was the runner-up. I think that Bucky was third, and uh, Sam was way down the line. Um, not as bad as uh, Cap and and Battlestar, but you know, not where yeah. you want to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta, you can't push your stars every moment of every of every show. You gotta, you gotta take a back seat once in a while, and I think. This is just the episode where Sam took a back seat. I think we will get some wonderful Sam stuff, and we will find out more about him and his sister's uh, wonderful food delivery service, where they leave seafood outside. <laughs> of the where they deliver it. I think we're gonna get we're gonna get a lot of that. Yeah. Well, see, what you didn't know is that in addition to their food delivery service, they also have a portable bathroom uh, business where the people who eat the uh, overheated, uh, left-out-in-the-sun seafood have to find somewhere to use their public bathrooms, and they pay a dollar, and, and that's, how, that's, that's how they're really going to get out of debt. Well, listen, I can, I can wrap up this episode succinctly and say clearly, Sam's sister is the power broker. <laughs> nice. Well, on that note, guys, we'll see you next week. Uh, you know, it's not the same tagline as the, as the podcast. So, uh, we end with racism every week. Uh, last week, last week we, we found the racism. This week was the racism was a little bit harder to find, but I think we can all agree until next time, uh, the winter soldier is on, on, uh, on display for your, for your, uh, slavery needs.